0: Hi, welcome back to Book Buzz with Jan and Payne, a podcast where we talk about romance books, our current reads, and we also have the pleasure of sitting down with some of our favorite authors and chatting with them about their amazing books.
1: Hi everyone, welcome back. It has been a long minute. It's been months, <laughs> not minutes, months after we literally said we we're going to be back for <laughs> i am so sorry things have just like starting the book box and then us working full-time and then like doing all this other stuff that we do it's taken up a lot of our time Mm -hmm. Um, so it's gotten a little bit harder to be able to make podcasts um which we Need to like figure out how to make time. I mean, if we can text as much as we do daily, <laughs> pretty sure we can video call each other and record a podcast. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but we can figure that out after Book Bonanza because I feel like right now things are just a little bit too hectic. Yeah, but it's so good to be back. I miss our little um book talks because I feel like I've read several books that I've been wanting to talk about. And I'm just like, who do I talk about it with? Like, it's different when yeah. you're talking about it over text message because you can't really yeah. express yourself the way you want to versus mm-hmm. when you're having like a video call or a podcast where you could hear the excitement and hear our actual, like our actual reactions. Yeah, So I miss that. So we need to figure out how we can make it happen to where back on it again. But today, um, we are back with a very special surprise, you would call it, a surprise mm-hmm. guest, JT Geisinger. We are going to be talking to her about her new release, Liars Like Us. And can I just freaking say, that book is one of my favorite books of the year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we were talking about it. We were talking about it like two two days ago about how I wanted you to finish it so we could actually have a proper talk about it because I don't want to spoil anything. And I just I loved it. I loved him, even though I, in my honest opinion, he was like a stalker. But (laughs) like he was sexy. He was like possessive alpha. He actually he truly truly is the definition of the trope he falls first yeah Mm -hmm. like hardcore he is the definition (laughs) and do with that as you will and when I say that I mean go pick up the book because it is freaking amazing but yes we're going to be talking uh, with the author today about that book we're going to be talking to her about her other books as well um, I know Peng was obsessed with Pen PenPow last year. You yes. Last, was it, last, it was last year, right? I believe so, yeah. And mm-hmm. I <laughs> bought it, but I'm scared to read it because everybody was, like, freaking out after yeah. reading. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, let me read it. <laughs> I am going to read it. I actually have the paperback, so I'm definitely going to read it. But today we're going to be, like I said, talking to her about her books and especially liars like us so we hope you enjoy today's interview because it's going to be super fun sit back get something to drink get some coffee i have my coffee with me right here some water tea and we hope you enjoy the interview first of all we just want to thank you
0: and totally feel honored to have you here on our podcast it's It is seriously surreal to have you here. I've been wanting to talk to you about your books, so I'm so glad that you're here with us on our podcast today.
2: Thank you. That's very sweet. I'm happy to be here. I'm going to be drinking wine while we do this, so...
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's totally fine with us. (laughs) So to start off this interview, um, we just want to ask you, what inspired you to start writing?
2: Uh, Well, I always wanted to be a writer and I was a huge book nerd when I was growing up. Um, I loved books and I loved to write. Um, but it wasn't until I turned 40 that I decided I actually wanted to follow through on sort of my you know my dream. And at that time, um, the Twilight series was really popular and uh, I had been I read an interview with um, Stephanie Meyer where she said she'd never went to school for writing and you know she was a stay-at-home mom and she didn't have any experience with it. And then she went on to write this hugely successful uh, series, and so I was really inspired by that. And I thought, well, if she could do it, you know, I might as well try and do it. And so I did. So it was kind of those two things that um, that happened at the same time that made me just jump in and and start. So yeah.
1: <laughs> and was it romance always the main thing that you wanted to write, or was it something different?
2: Um, I really wanted to be like a literary writer because. I come from a family of sort of like book snobs and um, for me to admit that I was writing romance, you know, it was kind of like, Oh God, but, (laughs) but that's, you know, that's what I, I I like to read romance. And um, so, yeah, it it was kind of, but, and also, you know, literary writing is completely different than commercial writing, you know, writing in, in genre writing. Um, so I, I, just, I started out with like a, a fantasy series. It was shapeshifters um, and it had romance in it, but it wasn't really my intention to become a romance writer, but it, I just sort of turned into that thing as, as the series went on. My, my agent sold the book and then the publisher came back when the book did really well and said, we want five more books in the series. So I had to kind of figure out how to flesh out that whole series. And, and, um, and then it turned out there was a lot of sex in it. So... <laughs> so now i'm a romance writer (laughs) yeah
0: so uh, throughout your career what is the most difficult part about writing
2: well i'm lazy by nature i'm a very sort of low energy person and i you know it's really hard to get myself psyched up to start projects because i procrastinate a lot and my husband will always be like get in there and write (laughs) so for me the hardest part about writing is actually just sitting down and doing it once i'm in the chair or usually i write when i'm in bed you know sitting up in bed on my laptop once i'm there and i'm committed to it that's easier Um, but actually just dragging my butt out of bed and and getting into work is kind of (laughs) it's kind of difficult but Over the, you know, I've written 31 books now. So over the years, I kind of have gotten into a more of a a routine, I guess. But it's still, it's still like pulling teeth some days to really, I love having written the book, but the process of writing the book to me is, you know, it's a little bit exhausting sometimes.
1: And how long is that process for you from when you decide to let me sit down, let me start this book from scratch to it's done. I turned it in and it's fully completed and ready to be out. To the
2: world? Usually now it's about three months. Um, when I first started writing, I think it was like six months to a year. It took me to write my first book, uh, but now I have a little bit, I trust myself more and I don't, I don't panic as much. Usually in the middle of the book, there's some point where I'm sort of like, I don't know where I'm going. And, and now I know just to sort of you know, relax, and I can just go in one direction and write a few chapters and see if it works. And if it doesn't, I just go another direction where when I first started writing, I would really agonize over all those choices for a lot longer. Um, but this, I took five months off after I wrote Pen Pal, because I hadn't taken any time off in in the 13 years that I've been published. And my husband was like, you need to take a little time off. So I took five months off. And then I started writing Liars Like Us. And that took me a good It took me like a month and a half more just to get back into the whole process of it so i don't think i will take time off between novels anymore (laughs) because it's too hard to get
0: back into it you know for your process what comes first the plot or the characters um well i always start with two characters
2: and a conflict. So um, my my stories are very character driven. So I think the plot arises out of the characters. So in the beginning part of the book, I sort of spend a little bit of time getting to know who these characters are. But I always know, I always sort of have an idea of what the framework is, but I never plot out a book because for me, it takes away all of the um the surprise and the excitement, and that's part of the fun of writing for me. Is all of a sudden something will happen, and I'll be like, "Oh!" And I can go off in a different direction that I never would have thought that the manuscript would have taken. So for me, it's characters, um, and then I, you know, I have an idea kind of where I might want to go, but I, I just let it unfold as it will. I don't. I try not to be too strict with myself about you know hitting certain story beats and things like that because I get bored.
1: So you are like, and I feel like I've seen this all over TikTok as well. You are like the queen of plot twists. So (laughs) how do you go into a story knowing what that plot twist is going to be? Or does that come as you're writing the story?
2: Nine times out of 10, it comes as I'm writing the story. But in the case of a book like Pen Pal, I knew that whole story before I I wrote it because in order to get to that plot twist, I had to set up a lot of breadcrumbs along the way so that when the twist finally hit, the reader went, oh my God, that's what this meant and that meant and this meant, I couldn't I couldn't let it just be loosey goosey. So um, in that one and also in Perfect Strangers where it's kind of like a book within a book within a book, um, those were much more uh, finished in my head before I started writing. Um, and, but the other, my other books, it's no, it's usually just all of a sudden something will come out of left field and I'll just run with it. Um, and I kind of, now I sort of know that I want there to be, it doesn't have to be a devastating twist, you know, like pen pal, but in the case of, for instance, liars like us, you know, there, I knew that the twist was going to be what it was, that's one of the reasons why I chose to only do it in a uh, single point of view. You only get Emery's point of view because if I had had uh, Callum's you know, point of view and he's talking, it would have totally given away the twist. So, <laughs> yeah, but I like to have twists in my stories. I, you know, otherwise it gets a little boring, so.
1: <laughs> well, I'm gonna like jump ahead and say that with Liars Like Us, it was re- very funny because I was talking to, about it with Pink. When I started reading the book, I was like, okay, maybe this is what happens. But then you, you start reading and you're like, no, no, it, it can't be that. And then you're reading and you're like, oh my God, it was that.
2: Yeah. I gave it away in the first couple of chapters. Callum said something and it was like, I don't think a lot of people paid attention to what he said because he told her the truth. Mm -hmm. um just sort of as a throwaway line um but yeah in the end it was like yeah that was he was really telling the truth so
1: (laughs) because I guess because of the the, like my mindset was like no she wouldn't write it too early in the book to where we know what's going on (laughs) I'm gonna disconnect from that idea and I'm gonna think it's something else but then you get to the end and you're like
2: it was, I know. And I kind of did that on purpose. There, there was a point where I was like, I wonder if I should take this out. And um, because it is it is sort of a, a spoiler, right? Mm-hmm. But I also thought, you know, people aren't gonna, because now, you know, readers have trust issues with me. So now they're <laughs> like, what is she doing? I don't know. So it was like you, it's like, you know, she, she couldn't really have just dropped the whole thing right there, but I actually did. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know.
1: Brilliant. <laughs>
0: so how do you come up with your titles for your books
2: uh it depends on the book with with let's see i mean with pen pal it was that was basically kind of i knew you know what the story was going to be about and it's such a simple punchy title And I have to be careful when I'm uh, writing a book if I'm looking at titles because there's, you can't copyright a book title. So I have to do a little bit of research on, you know, Amazon and what have you to see if there's other books out there that already have the title. And there are just a million, it's kind of like, you know, song titles or just a million of the same thing. So I have to be careful not to, um, and if it is, it is, there is, I think there is another Pen Pal um, book out there, but it's like, a mystery it's not you know it's sort of a the romance thing that i was doing so i thought well okay that's probably pretty safe but sometimes it's like in the case of liars like us it's something that she said in the dialogue um, emery said something like when liars like us fall in love everything else falls apart and because it was a marriage of convenience and a fake relationship i thought that was really apropos for the title um, and I like short, punchy titles. Things like that. You know, liars like us is kind of a punchy title. And and uh, but it's my process is it varies from book to book. Some books I know what it's going to be before I even you know write the book, and other books it kind of it comes to me as I go along. So I feel sorry for um, people who are writers and they look to me for advice because I'm very. <laughs> it's like I don't know. It's you know so the the inspiration comes from all different places. I don't have sort of a set bullet point of, of how it works out, so. And then in the case of like, when I was working with um, Montlake Romance, when I was traditionally published, they, their editorial department usually would suggest a title based on what the manuscript was. So there's, it comes from all different places.
1: And that's what I was gonna ask you, If your titles usually would come before you start writing a book, or would it, would you wait until you finish the book to know what title, have you ever switched to a title before? Like you go into a book knowing this is going to be the title and be like, no, let me, let me make some changes to that.
2: Only when I, not since I've started publishing myself. So only when I was a indie publish, um, when I was published with Mount Lake Romance, um, Because they're much more concerned with um, making sure that there's no other titles that have that same title. So there would be like a department would go through, you know, they'd give me a list of like 60 different names. And then it's like, do you like this one? Do you like that one? When I started doing uh, indie publishing, you know, I just, I usually start with the title. Because a lot of times I'll have to set up a pre-order for the next book, and so I have to know what it is, you know. So, I mean, I like for instance, my next book is called um, "Fall Into You," so I already have that title and I already have the cover and the description and everything. Um, and then for the third book, I don't know what I'm gonna what I'm gonna call it yet, but uh, it kind of varies.
1: That that title sounds very intriguing, and I'm so excited.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so that, that series is going to follow the three McCord brothers. So the first one was about Callum. The second one will be about Cole, the middle brother who has an attitude problem, which you can tell from the first book. And then the third book is going to be about Carter, the youngest. He's like more of a happy-go-lucky guy. So you'll meet him more in the second book because he wasn't in the first book at all.
1: So far, who is your favorite brother, like from those three?
2: Um, Well, I like certain aspects about Callum, but one of the things that I like about Cole is that he's got all kinds of secrets, too. Um, And I I really like damaged characters. So I think all three of these guys are going to be damaged in different ways. And, you know, they're going to be very ethically um, Bandy. <laughs> that's why it's called morally gray, right? They're all gonna be guys who are going to do things that probably are not you know, good or that you should be doing in order to get what they want. So that's always kind of interesting to me. So, I mean, I don't want to say who I like the most cause that's like picking your favorite kid, right?
0: <laughs> I like them all
2: for different reasons.
0: <laughs> Can I just mention that your covers they are gorgeous like your oh male covers oh my gosh I I seriously <laughs> I'm a person who loves male covers I have to say pen pal has to be my favorite cover from you yeah yeah I, I, I
2: saw that photo so I use that model um sojmani is his name and he's like the most beautiful human ever um, I used him on book three of the Queens and Monsters series. He was uh, Malik in Savage Hearts. And so at the same time that I was getting the photo for that book, I saw the photo um, that I eventually used on pen pal and I didn't know what I was going to use it for. I'm just like, I have to have that. There's just something about that picture. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, that's it, I have to have it. And so when I started writing pen pal, I just gave my cover designer the photo and I mocked it up exactly how I wanted it. So the the cover that you see is kind of just exactly how I thought it should be. So, but yeah, he's very photogenic. And you know, the trend now in romance covers is slightly going away from all the hot male models. So I, I mean, I like to have all these good looking guys because um, the readers really like it and the sales are there. So I think I'm gonna do discrete covers to go along with the hot guy covers mm-hmm. now for every book that I do. So Liars Like Us has a really pretty discreet cover. Um, so if, you know, if it's on your bookshelf, nobody will really know what it's about.
1: <laughs> yeah. What do you like more discreet covers or do you like a male cover?
2: Um, you know, my husband is in the background laughing his ass off. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I like, I like both um, from, from like a literary standpoint, you know, as a snobby person, it's like the discreet covers are nicer because nobody really knows what you're, mm-hmm. you could be, reading, you know, Wuthering Heights or something. Um, mm-hmm. But the man covers are very striking and, you know, those bare chest covers, that's why they have them in romances <laughs> because they sell so well. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I do, I do like both, but uh I don't know you know i I go back and forth (laughs) go back and forth so that's why i'll probably have both i'll never just do one or the other because i want people to get what they like
0: you know Mm -hmm. okay so what's one trope that you will love to write oh that i haven't written yet Mm -hmm.
2: um someone was just asking me about this i'm intrigued by reverse harem um i think there's some some issues there though because for me as a writer, I always, I'm, you know, I'm a girl who believes in true love, like, you know, really. And so it's hard to have, okay, if there's three dudes, like how is that true love? So i have to work that out in my head somehow, (laughs) you know, maybe she, maybe it's not true love. And she's just like, she's getting a divorce and she wants, you know, just to explore her sexuality. That's probably how I would approach it. Reverse age gap. I don't think I've done a real big reverse age gap. I might've done like a couple of years with Spider and Raina in, uh, in Brutal Vows and the Queens of Monsters series. I think she's a couple of years older than him or maybe not. I can't even remember. Um, I forget what all the different tropes, are. there's so many different tropes. I really love to do Enemies to Lovers because there's so much, um, you know, there's so much stuff there that you can get into with the back and forth and, you know, the hate sex and all that good stuff. So <laughs> that's one of the tropes that I love the most. But um yeah, I I don't know. <laughs> throw throw out some tropes and I'll tell you if I want to do them or not. <laughs> I,
1: I feel like right now, marriage of communions is like a big big, It's a huge pro. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons that I
2: wanted to do that with the um with this liars like us is because I I haven't really done tropey books before like so my mafia romance is you know there's some mafia in it but it's not really the dark violent kind of mafia stuff that you think of um, so i wanted to make the morally gray series a little bit more tropey where it's either a forbidden romance or um like you know marriage of convenience and they're all billionaires and, and things like that so but yeah it's a i think it's popular because people like the idea of what if you had to marry this guy just for his money, but you didn't really like him. There's a lot of juicy stuff that can happen there. So, and Anna Wong is writing these, you know, great things like that too, with all her, her trophy billionaires and the, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it is kind of a big thing right now. You're right. <laughs>
1: um, with, cause you did touch a little bit on how, you, whenever you wrote pen pal, but how did that idea, like how did you come up with the whole idea of, what that book was going to be about and that whole plot twist. Like how long did it take you to plot all that out before you started writing the book?
2: I didn't, I don't plot at all. I never plot. I, I plotted a book one time and I hated the process so much that I just trashed the book because for me, it, it robs the creativity out of it. If I know if I have to follow the rules of where it's supposed to be going, I don't like that. I like it to just be, um, I don't like to be restricted like that. So, Pen Pal kind of came about over a few years because of all of the influences that I mentioned in the acknowledgements. There's a few movies that influenced it that were, you know, years and years and years ago. There was a couple of books that influenced it. And um, when I saw that picture of Sojmani, I just was like, this would be a really good, cause he kind of looks mysterious and he's very hot and sexy. And I just said, this might be a really good, um, I don't want to say the spoiler cause I don't know if everybody has, you know, <laughs> read about, so, but, but the tagline for the book that I had in my head when I would tell people, they were like, oh my God, like, yeah, it's, it's about a woman who doesn't know she's, you know, mm. <laughs> so, so that to me was kind of a an exciting concept like how do you set that up from the very beginning and I knew that I was going to open it with her at what you think is her husband's funeral so the whole book is very moody and atmospheric and it's a rain and the house that's falling apart and you know a lot of it is at night Um, so all of that I just kind of set up through the book and it just it's just sort of arrived in my head fully formed and i was able to write it very quickly because i knew exactly where i was going which i a lot of times i don't with books so it takes a little bit more figuring out along the way but with pen pal i knew where i was going and as i was writing it these things would occur to me like you know boo that line boo i'm like i have to work that in somewhere that was at the very end and uh, a couple of other things where i would just run to my notebook and write it down i'm like i have to get this in so
0: it was a it was a A quick book to write, actually, because I knew where I was going. Let me just say I need more Aiden and Kayla. (laughs) (laughs) I finished the book. I don't know. How do we make that work? (laughs) I finished the book and I was like, I seriously need more of them because I don't know how other people feel, but I was so sad. I got really (laughs) sad.
2: The yeah, there, there, I got a lot of email about that book, both good and bad. Like people mm-hmm. were very emotional over the book mm-hmm. um, in in both ways. And actually it was really interesting to me because in the acknowledgements I talked about, you know, when my dad passed away, some of the things that he said and that he saw, and I got a lot of feedback from people saying my mom had the same thing happen when she died and, you know, and so that was really touching and interesting to me because I mean, death is kind of one of those big picture things that we don't like to talk about, but everybody experiences it in their family, you know, or before we go. Um, so it was kind of like a heavy subject matter. But um, yeah, I got a, I got a lot of interesting feedback, but I don't know how I would. I guess it would have to be a prequel or maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, in the after, you know, like, how are we going to do yeah. that? I don't know. They were they were a great couple and I loved mm-hmm. them. Aiden was just such a good book boyfriend. And so that's kind mm-hmm. of why it was tragic because they were so great and so in love, but I like a good tragedy too. And so that's one of the things with me being a romance writer. Sometimes I fight against that traditional happily ever after, and I'll do something where it's not really traditional. And I get myself in trouble, trouble with readers sometimes because they don't, <laughs> they don't appreciate it or they do and they love it. Cause you know, pen pal was, It's probably my most successful book, but it caused a lot of, you know, tears and teeth gnashing when it came
0: out. But oops. (laughs) Aiden definitely definitely top boyfriend goals ever. Yeah. That was the first time I had done that
2: what they call the, you know, the primal play, that chasing and you know, my little bunny. And that was the first time I had ever done that. And I had a lot of fun with it um, because Mm -hmm. it's very, it's very physical and, you know, he's chasing her through the woods and that was all kind of new for me. I hadn't done that before. So I was just like, my fingers were flying over the keyboard. (laughs) But yeah, he's, he's definitely, he's a deeply romantic guy. Mm -hmm. And for, for somebody who is very masculine, he's not macho. Like a lot of my a lot of my um, heroes tend to be sort of arrogant and macho. He's very masculine, but in the way that it's more like a protective and a caretaking mm-hmm. masculine. And so, yeah, he's, he's a real sweetheart. Sorry, Aiden. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry, buddy. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> um, jumping ahead to talking about Liars Like Us. Yep. Uh, when, and me and Ping were just talking about this, uh, Callum was a very interesting, hero he was very like if once you finish the book you're like this guy was so like I don't want to say too much because I want everybody to read it he should be in jail yes (laughs) he He was was a stalker like hardcore stalker I know
2: yeah when I was telling my husband he's like how are you going to make him into a good guy I'm like I don't know I just got to do it he's an anti-hero for sure
1: but that's what I was going to ask you. What was the challenge of writing his character? Because he does some things that you're like, uh, like, is this, are we accepting exactly. of this? Or are we like scared <laughs> or what? Right. Like How like, do we yeah. feel about this, right? Yes.
2: And some people will hate it, you know, obviously. Um, and for me, but it, it's just, it's fiction. And, it, and it's obviously nothing that you would, in real life, if that happened, I mean, to me, I'd probably love it. But most people, (laughs) most people might be like, he's nuts. He needs to go to jail. But I like, I like crazy men. But um, yeah, so it was a challenge making him soft enough to where when it all comes out, you you accept that he did it because he was just so madly in love. Um, But, you know, his methods were his methods were sketchy. Um, and so I think that's why uh, Emery was just like, what is even going on here? You know, So um, I guess I could write at least some chapters or a book from his point of view, but usually when I'm, excuse me, when I'm done with the book, I kind of just want to move on to the next book. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to rehash but I do have a chapter that I'm going to post on my website so that fans can kind of get um, some insight into what he was thinking at, at a point in the book um, because his it was kind of challenging at the beginning of the book he seems much more reserved and in control and you can see him start to unravel because she's not acquiescing to what he wants her to do she's not saying yes right away which he just expected that she would and so he gets all frustrated and pissed off about that <laughs> so you know the scene where they finally sign the marriage contract. This is, his head is exploding. You know he's like, ah! and then he and takes her home, and, and then it's like, okay, wait, what's
1: happening now? <laughs> Why is he acting so weird? And that's what I was telling Pay. Like the whole wedding part, I was <laughs> laughing so hard because he was like a little kid waiting at like a candy store for this to happen. He was so airing his hair out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and and
2: Emery and the attorney and the chaplain are just are just all like, what the hell? Is, my God, you know. And then he and then he kind of has a meltdown, and then he picks her up and carries her off to the car. It's like, what is happening? Which I think, um, hopefully, the readers were wondering what the hell is happening too. So I like to have mist. So once one mystery is solved, then I like to put another mystery in there, so it kind of pulls you through the book. Um, so you can't put it down and so my goal is always when i'm writing a book i don't want there ever to be a point where everything is resolved so you can just put it down and walk away at the end of every chapter there has to be
1: some little cliffhanger that just pulls you all the way through at least i hope so <laughs> that was with me like i started it because i said okay i'm just gonna read one chapter that i'm just gonna read one chapter and then i'll pick it up tomorrow and mm-hmm. i started like around i'm gonna say like 11 11 px i could not fall asleep and I was like, one, because I have to wake up super early tomorrow for work. I was up until three in the morning. I had to force myself to, and I was like four chapters away from finishing. I was like, no, no, no. Like, oh. I was like, I'm going to be dying tomorrow. But I was, I forced myself because I could not put it down because I wanted answers to stuff yeah. that he was doing or stuff that was happening. Then I was like, okay, what is going on? Mm-hmm. And it was mm-hmm so
2: i loved it it was so good oh good glad you liked it yeah that was very purposeful so you know i there's a build-up to so there has to be a period of where these characters talk and they get to know each other so you can see the chemistry and what's happening um and then there's a build-up to a climax and a lot of times the climax i'll add other stuff in there so you just can't stop reading because it's like well, okay wait what's happening now and there's stuff flying at you from all different directions so
1: so I'm sorry that I kept you up until three o'clock. But not really. <laughs> it was, I mean, it was worth who needs sleep, right? But, like you did mention earlier that, you know, his character does some stuff that, you know, it's questionable to her. Is this acceptable? Is it not? And then mm-hmm. he does things that you're like, Oh my God, well, he's like, that was nice of him. Like yeah. I'm thinking back at like, when they first meet to where she leaves and he follows her in a limousine with cops But Mm -hmm. then he ends it to where, oh, and I got you your salad since you Mm. didn't finish it. You're like, oh, so he's not he's not a complete bastard. He just will do whatever he wants,
2: whatever (laughs) to get what he wants. So, you know, he is pretty amoral. Like he said at one point, I mean, it would have killed somebody if it would have come to that. And you're like, okay, dude, you need some therapy? But, you know, but then he does all these little caring things where you're like, all right, he's not completely. Hundred percent, you know, a black heart. So that's where the anti-hero. That's where it's interesting because they have their own moral code, um, and they do things for mysterious reasons that are not revealed until very late in the story. And by that time, you're sort of charmed by them, and then you're like,
1: "Oh my god, he's a psychopath!" So, <laughs> and that actually was one of our questions was going to be like, "Would you ever write anything his in his point of view?" Because there's stuff that you're like, you're curious about, okay, what was going through his head? when he does yeah. this. So there's a I, I took
2: out a couple of chapters from him because I wrote it because I really wanted him to get in there. And I'm like, if I put this in from the beginning, everyone is going to know exactly what the twist mm-hmm. is. There's no twist, right? Um, and so I like to have that aha moment where your jaw kind of drops. And in this case, it wasn't a devastatingly emotional like Pen Pal or Perfect Strangers, but it was still a twist where it's like, oh, god, here we go. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do have, yeah, I do have a couple of things from his point of view that I will just post for readers, you know, to be able to enjoy seeing what his his how his mind works, how the gears are turning. <laughs> and one of them was after you know where she gets out of the car after she takes the chicken salad after he's you know got the and right so he says something to her like you know uh, I apologize sometimes my and then he trails off and then the next. Chapters from his point of view, saying like what I was gonna say is that sometimes my animal gets off of its leash, and then he starts talking about how he wants her and how he's obsessed with her and all this stuff. And but I'm like, if I put that in, that gives the whole story away. I can't put this
1: chapter in, so no, I'm taking it out. So it'll just be extra material for later. (laughs) I'm so excited because I'm I'm very curious to get inside his mindset too. Because like I said, I mean, there was some stuff that he did. Like I would I wouldn't. I know you said you only have have like one or several, but like the Mm -hmm. whole wedding scene, I would love if he (laughs) hangs up on her and he literally leaves everything and has everything prepared. Like that scene was very interesting. I'm like, I wonder what was going through his head because this guy just agreed to give her like another $10 million. million. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, maybe I should...
2: um release more of that stuff because it would give more insight into because he's a guy who you know has been brought up with so much wealth and so much power and he's the eldest son and then a lot of responsibility and, and bs comes along with that and he has never met anyone in his life who defied him and said no to him and just turned him down flat the way she did so he was very taken by that Uh, But then, of course, as he's stalking her, you know, over the years, he (laughs) realizes she's actually like a really good human being. So he starts to admire her and stuff. So yeah, maybe I'll I'll write some of that so you can kind of get that from his perspective. But honestly, this book was like almost 100,000 words long and it just kept going and going. I'm like, I have to cut it off. (laughs) We have to stop at some point, so. (laughs) We wouldn't have minded, you know, if it kept going and going. (laughs) You know, I might just because I might put some stuff out there just because the readers are are loving it so much. And it's really difficult um, not to have a dual point of view because it's, it's easier for the reader to sort of connect emotionally with both characters. But in this case, I really had to do it just from her point of view, because the myth is there of who is this guy and all the things that he's telling her are basically lies, you know. So but and but if I showed his point of view, you would know that right from the get go. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. And I do want to say though that I I think the reason I also loved the book was because with we don't have usually whenever you read a marriage of convenience um, the heron isn't as fierce and like you said she says no to him mm-hmm. multiple times she's the well, she I makes fun of it, him she laughs at him she's, <laughs> yeah. she she mocks like, him. Yeah. you have a heron that fights back and i think that's what made things more interesting and better for me mm-hmm. and i like that because you're like okay she is literally putting him on the edge of his seat mm-hmm. because he's losing control of what he thought he could control but yeah. she's not at all what he expected her to be right right and he it, thought this was just going to be he's going to wrap it up
2: mm-hmm. uh, in 10 seconds and uh, I the thing that I liked about her writing her is that I was able to you know she has to struggle with this because she has more of a moral code than he does by far she's just like you know this sounds too good to be true and she probably wouldn't have done it so that's why I had to have this big uh, friend group where everybody their whole lives are all falling apart too and she feels so responsible for it so devastated by that which is really what makes her say yes in the end had it just been her she probably would have just told him to go you know take a long walk up short (laughs) here but um yeah so when everybody you know when when he starts telling her at the end all of these all of these dominoes that he had to put into effect that he had to knock down and she's just like you know, she she can't wrap her mind around it and then she just runs away so she still has all her 20 million dollars she runs away to Santa Barbara and just gets drunk for like a week <laughs> yeah it's like okay how would, how would you really react I guess you would just have a meltdown <laughs> yeah.
1: and I will say that scene I was laughing because I'm just like this guy literally is telling her in a way that it's he doesn't really see anything wrong with it no, well, wow. he's just he's doing
2: the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I was just hoping you, I would have more time so that you could fall in love with me more, you know? She's yes. just like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. So it's fun, you know? I mean, obviously it's fiction and we really don't... I remember when Fifty Shades of Grey came out and it was such a huge thing, you know? And there was this, there was a big controversy about, you know, is it really consent? And he basically manipulated her and all that stuff. And I was like, listen, it's... If Christian Grey was in, you know, really in your in your life, you'd be like, "This guy has super issues." <laughs> um, but it's fiction, so we can we can be a little bit flexible with what we would allow. <laughs> yeah, to a certain degree. Like, I'm never going to have a guy that's you know, doing something really. Although I did have Killian Black, I was just going to say I'll never have a guy who is like beating up. But I did have Killian Black do some bad stuff in the Dangerous Beauty series. Um, and then he made a, an appearance in this book because he demanded it, so.
1: <laughs> hey, if there, like, Callum for me was, like, perfection, so who can turn down someone? Plus, what is it, $20 million? I'm like, sure. <laughs> I mean, right? I mean, yeah, I'd be like, okay, for, yeah, 5,000,
2: I'd be like, great. <laughs> Sorry, honey. No, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, it's just, I don't know. I think I tried to do a good enough job of covering all the angles because that's a really big uh, sell. It's like, okay, you're a stranger, you know, but she she can see from online and from everything. Like, he is legit. He is a billionaire. He's not just making this up. He's not just some guy out of nowhere. You know, he is famous. Basically, his family is, you know, very powerful. So. She has to sort of buy into that to a certain degree but I think she senses from the get-go that there's just something a little bit off about him.
0: <laughs> he's not book boyfriend goals, he's book husband goals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's going to be a good uh, he's going to be a good husband.
2: So they'll show up again in the second book and the third book. You'll get to see a little bit more of their interactions and what's happening.
0: Yeah. And I also love that um, Killian Black made an appearance. I love cameos, and I love that um, duet. So I was so excited when he he mentioned that his name was Killian Black. I was like, oh my gosh, I love this guy.
2: (laughs) Yeah, so you can kind of see um, where I'm going with this, because Killian is a character that has, you know, he knows everybody and he can get anything done. And he is definitely an anti-hero. He's a guy who will do bad things to get his ultimate goal. And so a lot of people around him are sort of the same way. And, and uh, the Morley Gray series is going to fit into what Killian is doing ultimately. So, um, but I mean, that might be a couple series down the road, you know, I'm, I, I'm making this big ensemble cast. We'll see where this all ends up. <laughs>
0: Um, so what's one thing that you love most about writing Emory? Um, I like that she, you know,
2: she sort of has some anxiety issues. She wasn't perfect, right? She's funny and she's, um, she's strong to the extent where she really wants to be strong for the other people, but then she'll like close her office door and just get the whiskey bottle out. Um, so she was kind of a fun character to write. She loves her friends. Um, and it's, she's somebody that I would probably enjoy Uh, In real life, you know, I would like her, I'd like to hang out with her in real life. So she was a a fun character to write. And I like putting her up against someone like Callum, who is just so used to getting his own way. And he's kind of a pain in the butt, really. And she just doesn't take his shit. (laughs) So that was fun. Her
0: inner thoughts is seriously funny.
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, because to her, the whole situation is absurd. She can't believe it. Right. And she's just like, she keeps thinking, who is filming me? Is there a camera? You know, she just doesn't understand what is going on. And so I thought that was really funny of her to just not take him seriously at all until he produces the ring. And then she's like, okay, you're nuts. And she
1: runs away. (laughs) She's just a fun, she's a fun character. Be fun to go have a drink with her. I will say I laughed so hard whenever she finds out the truth and everything and that she's at her friend's house and her dad is there. Um, she like her dad was hilarious. Oh yeah, and he's like that. the one who's like pretending to be deaf, but he's not really deaf. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. It's I like to have side characters who offer a lot of flavor. You know, they can they can do a lot of interesting things with the with the script. They can throw in things that the main characters can't say or can't do and and I like to have little characters that just kind of sparkle in the background and sometimes those people end up being the main characters in the next book but um yeah her dad was pretty funny he was a good little comic relief character
1: and I know you said um to close off the interview because I do have one question and I I know you can't say much I you said the brothers are getting their book yeah what can we expect because Nicole is next what can we expect for his book and have we met his heron from this book already i can't tell you <laughs> i can't tell you
2: in fact i have the description up there on amazon and i'm like i think i'm going to take that down because that's too you know it's too much going on but um it's going to be a, a forbidden situation where they're not they're not supposed to be together um yeah, but there's going to be a lot more to it and he has a lot of backstory he's not uh, quite as machiavellian as callum is in the way callum callum just doesn't care about rules at all he'll do anything so cole isn't quite like that but he'll he'll do because you know these rich people they're just used to getting their way so they don't have the same rules that we all live by so he's kind of up in that echelon but um he is much more of a complicated character than Callum. Callum, I think is pretty straightforward. He just had he was just kind of lying about the whole thing, but underneath he's just this dude, right? Um, Cole is much more of a complicated character. So the book is going to be a little bit darker. Uh, not dark to the point where it's like anybody's, you know, doing anything that will make you cry. I'm like, I'm not gonna go there in this series. My series books are always going to be a little bit, um lighter my standalones are the ones where i'm gonna get batshit crazy so the next time i do a standalone (laughs) watch out out. the series books they will always have twists but they're not going to be emotionally devastating the way my standalones will be that's where i'm going from now on with that i've decided that's where i'm doing it so that people at least will know it's like oh god it's a standalone i better get the tissues yeah (laughs) let me get a let me get my wine ready Get the wine ready, get the tissues, get my neck brace, you know? <laughs> yeah.
1: And is that, is his book coming out this year? Or when, do you have a release date already? Yeah, the release date, the pre-order is up.
2: The release date is uh, September 28th. So only four months to go until Cole's story. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. I'm trying to get these these wrapped up um, pretty quickly because I have so many other ideas for other standalones. I have a standalone that I'm, I'm itching to do um and I just have to force myself to finish this whole series before I can go off and do this standalone so yeah um, September 28th is next and then the audiobook comes out for Liars Like Us at the end of July or early August and um, I'm going to do multicast there's four nar- narrators on Liars Like Us and there's going to be five narrators on Fall Into You which this is the second book so for people that love audiobooks it's going to be a cool experience
1: Oh, I need to look. I don't listen to audiobooks much. I think I've listened to like four, but that one sounds very good and especially with this book, I'm dying to like listen to it to where you know,
2: it's a whole different experience, especially when there's multiple actors doing different voices. It's almost like you can see the movie in your head as these people mm-hmm. are talking. And I don't listen to audiobooks a lot. One of the reasons is because I'm very impatient, like so. But you can speed it up a little bit so you, yeah. <laughs> you can have the guys going, you, know, so you, don't <laughs> you don't have to listen at talking speed if you're like me and you're just like, let's get it on.
0: So. <laughs> but yeah, you should try. That's all the questions that we have for you today. So thank okay. you so much for just joining us. I seriously can't wait for the next book. I, Cole's character is very intriguing so I can't wait for his book and for your standalones I will legit prepare tissues (laughs) for it
2: don't say that I didn't warn you guys yeah (laughs) thank you for having me this is really fun to chat with you I appreciate it thank you so
0: much and we hope you have an amazing weekend thank you you guys too see you later Bye.
1: bye bye Thank you so much, JT Geisinger. It, ser- it was seriously so much fun and an honor talking to her. I'm not lying when I say that Liars Like Us is seriously, hands down, one of my top reads of this year. Whenever Valentine PR posted um, the sign up for the book, I didn't read the blurb. I looked at the tropes. And like how I said, it's like marriage or convenience is one of my like top, top favorite tropes. So I was like, oh my God, this sounds very intriguing. So I signed up for it. And then I read the blurb when Ashley said something about the book. I was like, well, let me read the blurb. And I was like, oh my God, it's going to be so good. But then you read it, and it was like so much more than you expected. It was so much more than I expected. And it was phenomenal. It was sexy. It was suspenseful at some times. It was mysterious. It was a wild ride because Callum is a wild soul (laughs) that he was amazing. Like you said, he is, you know, I, I love him. He is that hero that he does some things that are questionable, Mm -hmm. but then the reasons why he did it, you're like, I can't help love that he, that he did that yes yes mm-hmm. so if you have not picked it up pick up this book ASAP seriously it is it's going to be one of your favorite books of the year the book is it's going to keep you on the edge of your seat I kid you not when I say that I literally was up to like 3 three thirty 30 in the morning because I couldn't put it down that way. I was I'm not talking 100% truthful like I could not put it down <laughs> at all and then it took me like two days to actually have the mindset to pick up a different book. Cause I kept thinking about the, I kept thinking about the book. I was like, how do I move on from this? I want more.
0: <laughs> so if
1: you have not read it, pick it up. It's amazing. And like she said, the second one comes out in September. So I'm looking forward to September. Um, and then her, I don't know. I'm just looking forward to everything. Cause now I just want all her heroes. Um, But yeah. thank you so much for joining us again. And I have to say it was so much fun. I loved it. I missed it. I feel like it's been what, like six, like what, four months?
0: Around four months. Yeah. Around
1: four months since we haven't done this. So it felt very good. Um, But thank you so much for joining us today. We'll try to be back soon because I do <laughs> miss it. I do miss it. I feel like there's several books that I've read that I want to talk about, mm-hmm. so we'll try to make we'll try to coordinate our schedules to make it happen. Um, maybe a book bonanza. We'll be together. We'll be together. Yeah. We
0: can. Girl, meet. we we will be so busy. We don't even, won't even have time to record.
1: <laughs> well, we'll figure something out. Remember, we still have that um, Zoom date with Amelia and, and her husband Josh. Oh yes. So we'll make it happen. If it's not just two of us, and these you'll get us and Amelia and her husband again. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We'll try to be back. Thank you so much for joining us. We had an amazing time. If you are not following us on Instagram, follow us on Instagram and make sure that you keep up with our latest updates on interviews, on our book box, which we have some exciting things coming. Um, And then if you have any questions for us, just let us know. And we hope you all have an amazing rest of the week and weekend coming up and we'll try to see you guys soon bye